Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for such a glorious day in the kingdom. We know how much you love us because you've already shown up and shown yourself mighty in our midst. We thank you for receiving the praises of your people. We know that when praise goes up, your blessings come down. So rain on us, Lord. Rain on us like never before. God, we thank you for it. We ask now, Father, that you release your healing virtue throughout this sanctuary. Touch every soul that's in need of a miracle. And God, we thank you for it. And God, we thank you for teaching us that it is you who gives us the increase. So God, we thank you for the abundance of everything. And we give you praise for it. God, we're always mindful of our fellow brothers and sisters. Teach us to be one with them so that when one is in need, we have the source. God, we thank you now for being able to receive your word. And as we receive that word, we'll prosper in the kingdom. So now, Lord, let your will be done in this place as your kingdom comes in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A wonderful, wonderful day this is. Amen. I can feel the excitement in this place. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles this morning. We're still in the book of John. John chapter 15. Last week we did uh, verses 1 and 2, if you recall. So let's read verse 3 and 4 today. Well, let's read 3 through 5. How about that? You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Man, I want to give you this thought this morning. Increase requires abiding. Increase requires. That's a requirement. Abiding. If you don't stay, you can grow. Amen? You can be seated this morning. Last week we told you a lot of things, and I hope you remember most of them because I'm not going to go back there. <laughs> so if you did not uh, uh, get all the notes, go back.
back to day spring, whatever. You know what it is. <laughs> and catch up. Huh? So what the Bible is teaching us is that the wise gardener knows uh, that sometimes good must be sacrificed for the better. Now, I know that sounds like a strange thing, but you need to understand sometimes uh, what God does is he allows something uh, to be cut away that's unnecessary so that you can grow. Because the thing that's unnecessary is, is holding you back. I know you all don't know what I'm talking about, but hopefully by the time we get through, uh, we'll all know. Amen. So the reason the Bible uses this illustration is because when we talk about the vines, the grapevines, the Bible talks about how long they can grow. Uh, if any of you have ever been to a grape arbor, you know that they just spread out everywhere. Uh, so somewhere between 12 and 20 feet they can grow. The problem, of course, is that as they grow, they need nourishment to go all the way to the end. And sometimes what you get is a lot of uh, leaves and foliage, but you don't get much fruit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so as they develop length and size, they use up resources that could be channeled into making fruit. You know how sometimes uh, we understand that we can use energies doing stuff that's not necessary, even though it's good, but it's not necessary. And because of it, it's unnecessary, it uses up our energies. Uh, that's why sometimes on Sunday you're tired because you've been helping everybody all week. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try to refrain from any stories today. Even though I tell you what, I watch the news and I got a bunch of them, but I'm going <laughs> to. Well, I got to tell this. I was watching the news this morning. You know, it was one of those moments, moments I always call, want to see something? In Louisiana, this guy was sitting in traffic. Traffic backed up. He didn't have anything better to do. He said, I think I'm going to jump off the bridge. So he did. The bridge looked like it maybe 40 or 50 feet in the air. He ended, in the, ended up in the water and found out when he ended up in the water that the current was rough, I guess because of the storm, and he couldn't swim out of it. He finally made it to shore somewhere. And when he got to shore, uh, he went home. So all the people out looking for him, He home. So when they found him, they interviewed him. And you know, it was one of them, nobody really asked the question, but the question I would have asked is, what were you thinking? And this is what he said. Now, as my friend in the back always says, you can't make this stuff up. He said, God saved me. And my thought was, you let God let you get out of the car, jump into the river, almost drown, and then he saved you. You don't reckon he could have saved you when you got out of the car? Which reminds me of what I'm talking about. 
See, at that point, he stopped abiding. <laughs> he was no longer connected. He had disconnected. And then he figured out, uh-oh. I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments, but you've disconnected at some point in time and you say, uh-oh. That's why you're back in church right now. <clears throat> but go on, let's... <laughs> <laughs> so pruning, we told you last week, focuses, focuses, focuses uh, the growth and energy of the plant. In other words, we have to cut back areas so it grows a certain way. I told you about how the farmer cuts the, the, the we used the peach tree last week. But the reason also that, that uh, we know that if he cuts the top out of the tree, the tree doesn't get tall. And if it doesn't get tall, he can reach the fruit. Amen. So so sometimes pruning is to make your life a lot easier. Amen. So some of the things that God cuts away from us may not be wrong, but they're unnecessary. They may not be wrong, but they are unnecessary. You know how some people. Uh, <clears throat> whew, I'm always careful. How some people. Uh, Always needy. And you feel you need someone. So every time you need something, they come to you. And you always try to figure out how to meet that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So eventually you complete it. Somebody else. This crap don't know anything about that. <laughs> but it may not be wrong in and of itself to help people. Don't get me wrong. But if you're not, listen, if you're not abiding in Christ, you won't know who to help. So you can deplete the resources that God has given you trying to help somebody else to do something that is totally unnecessary. Amen? Uh, there ought to be some caught myself. I about to say there ought to be some rules about who you help, but I, I, I can't say that right now. Catch me after this. The thing that God knows is that if he does not cut some of the things out of your life, they will detract from your fruitfulness. You will not be fruitful because of all the other things you're doing. Here's the thing. You understand that God's called you for a specific purpose and he has already given you everything to complete that purpose. And he's given you the power to stay the course. Now, if you decide to go a different direction to do something different, then God is going to have to put some stops in place to bring you back on course so you can achieve the purpose for which he called you. There's always things in our lives that detract. Most of it's friends and family. Can I just be honest? Most of it's friends and family. And they always pulling on you. They need something all the time. And what they're doing is pulling the resources away from you that God has given you to, to help build his kingdom. And the more you give out, give out, 
pretty soon you don't, uh, you're no longer connected in the sense that the sap is not reaching where you are because you've extended yourself so far that you become fruitless. Now, what does that mean? That means that you still got leaves and you still green. But you have no fruit because you've already. Are y'all with me here? Huh? But pastor, you're talking about my friends and my family all in one big lesson. My friends and my family. And I submit to you, Jesus said, who is your friends and your family? Who's your mama? Who's your daddy? Ain't that, ain't that what Jesus said? He said, those who do the will of the father. Are we still in the same church? <laughs> so, so the Bible says then that we have to have a spiritual cleansing. That's what the Bible teaches us here in verse 3. He says you are already clean. What does that mean you're already clean? He said the fact that you're here and you're listening to the word, which means you have already been cleansed by that word. You have already been empowered by that word. Here's what the Bible teaches us. The fact that you are saved, the fact that you are saved, you are saved this morning. If I need to stop and make an altar call, I'll do that. But if you are saved, the Bible teaches us, listen to this very carefully. You have the power to stay saved. <clears throat> Inherent in salvation is the power to stay saved. One more time. When you're saved, you have the power to stay saved. My God. That's the best thing I probably will say all day. But what Jesus was saying is that he is teaching them the doctrine of Jesus Christ. What is the doctrine of Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible says that Jesus is the word. So he was teaching them the word. And he was the word and he was the word made flesh. You have the word made flesh and you have the word in your book. So every time you are hearing the word, you are receiving sap. So you are staying connected and you are growing and you are producing fruit. Ah. So the Bible goes on to teach us this is that. Uh, we're never going to be perfect until we get to heaven. But we are the, we're in the process of becoming pure. Now, that means that every time that there's something impure that pops up in my life, then God will instinctively prune it. So when it pops up, he'll cut it. And the only way that you don't get deliverance from whatever that thing is, is you disconnect. And what happens is that most people who have connected from the church have disconnected because there was something in their life that God wanted to cut out and they didn't want to let it go. You hold on to stuff, you know, because we think, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to get over this next week. I'm, I'm going to get, you know, delivered to this next month. Uh, uh, just, just another week. Just, just, just another day or two. And it never happens. And finally we said, you know what, uh, I'm not going to church Sunday because, you know, pastor might pray for me. Amen. I remember I remember it well. We were in a uh, revival and the evangelist was praying for people and 
and people were being healed and delivered. You remember what I'm talking about. And, and, and this one brother came up with his cane and he said, listen, listen. He says, I can heal you. He said, you can get rid of that cane. He said, no, I don't want to be healed because I might lose my disability. True story. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you're not saying that, but in the back of you, <laughs> you mean if I get healed, I won't get a check? No, but if you keep that cane, you might have to check out. Huh. <laughs> Let me move on. I'm sorry, mess messing with y'all this morning. And really, I haven't told any stories other than that one jumping off the bridge story. <laughs> but Jesus was teaching them and he had trained them well. He taught them that they had to forsake everything except him. This is hard for us to forsake all. To forsake all. Because here's the problem with human beings. We have to know that we have something to go to. And even though we, we talk about heaven, we sing about heaven, you know, we dream about heaven, uh, we ain't never had a tour. So, so just in case, this is what we all think, just in case. I need a backup plan. No, you don't have a backup plan. It's Jesus or nothing. There is no, quote, backup plan. The Bible says that he trained and disciplined them and he trained them so that when he was no longer there, when he was no longer there, can I stop and tell you something? It's important that we train now for when we are no longer here. See, will I, will I oh, let me get away from this. When we're not here, will our children know what to do? Now, 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 that might seem like just a strange comment. But how did you train them? To be independent or? Hmm? You always tell at funerals, right? You always have those casket climbers. And what exactly does that mean? That means that you didn't do what you should have done when you had the opportunity to do it. And now you want to climb in the casket with mama because mama ain't here no more. No. Do the right thing now and you don't have to deal with it later. But Jesus taught them how to be self-sufficient and efficient in their call. In Matthew chapter 28 verses uh, 19 and 20, he said, go ye into all the nations and Teach and baptize. And why did he teach that? Because he said, this is what I'm teaching you. So when I'm not here, you will be able to carry on. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say that he told them this. He said, uh, if you look at John chapter 13, John chapter 13, he said uh, when he had done this things in verse 21, he was troubled in spirit and testified <clears throat> and said, most assuredly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. So 
even though he was preparing the 12, he knew that one was going to defect. And he also knew that 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 one Judas, who he's talking about, when you get down to the end, uh, verse uh, 27, he says, uh, now after <clears throat> that piece of bread, Satan entered him. Now, this is what happened. Satan can't enter you if you're connected. Amen. 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 Now, wait a minute. Now. Somebody said, well, how can that be? Because if you are disconnected from the source of life, you will always try to connect to artificial life support. Can I, if you're connected from, disconnected from the source of life, you'll always try to connect to artificial life support. For some people it's alcohol, some people it's drugs, some people it's sex, some people it's money, uh, some people it's just being crazy. Amen, I didn't say anybody was, I said just being, okay. Don't be calling me up. Don't send me no letters or no emails or texts. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is that people always try to compensate for what they don't have. And if you don't have the source of life, you try to recreate life. Oh, y'all not. Mm. So the Bible says that he said you're already clean to the 11 because Judas was no longer among them. Okay, let's just put it, make it plain. Sometimes you have to get rid of Judas so that you can produce some fruit. Hmm? That means in church. <clears throat> Are you telling me there's some demons up in here? Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. If we start counting off, then every 12th one, I, I, that's, that, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. Don't be counting. <laughs> now look at verse 4. Y'all, come on. <laughs> look at verse 4. The Bible says, abide in me and I in you. Now notice something about that verse. That verse, verse 4, tells us, that that is the plan of human redemption. What do you mean, Pastor? Because it, it begins with abide in me and it ends with abide in me. Have you noticed that? See, you start your, your, your Christian walk by abiding in Christ. And you should end it by. Amen. So from one end to the other, you have to stay. And the Bible says this is the reason, the middle part, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Yeah. Now, this is the thing. You cannot produce your own fruit. This is like uh, this is like hanging ornaments on a Christmas tree. The tree doesn't produce ornaments. So no matter how much you decorate the tree, the tree can't produce those ornaments. Now, you can attach stuff to the tree, which is what we do when we're not abiding. You're not listening. You're not abiding. You attach stuff to yourself. Uh, most, most famously, we attach religion to ourselves. We become extremely legalistic. 
I have to do this. I have to do it today and I have to do it this way. And everything we do, we do it because we believe that uh, this is the thing that's going to save us or keep us safe. And all you have to do is abide. That's all he asks you to do is to abide. Uh, uh. So maybe I need to tell you what abide means. It means to remain. It means to, re uh, to continue. But most of all, it means to live. You have to live in Christ if you're going to grow and develop in Christ. The Bible says that word abide is a command. It is a command. He's not suggesting that you abide. But it is a command and he, he, he commands it with an ongoing emphasis. What he is saying is that this 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 command to abide is not fulfilled in one event, but it is it's an ongoing event, which means that I renew myself in Christ every day. <clears throat> I'm going to need listen, I'm going to need everything. That's what we pray. He says, give us this day our daily bread. I need everything I need for today for today. I need to plan for tomorrow, but I ain't trying to live in tomorrow. You, you understand? I'm, I'm looking at what I need to do today and everything that God wants me to do today. He has already empowered me to do it. Remember, I got saved. I have the power to live saved. I have the power to stay the course. Oh, you like that. The Bible says this, that that uh, abiding for the disciples and for all believers today means to make a constant moment by moment decision for Christ. So here's what he says, that when you stay firmly rooted, he calls it your probation. Now, most of us don't understand probation because we've never been on it. Uh, I got a lot of response from that. <laughs> Some of y'all might be looking for the probation officer. Uh, no, no, no. Let, let me change this so, so we can. Anybody in here ever been on academic probation? No. Okay. Y'all are smart. Liars. Probation simply means, listen, probation simply means, listen now, y'all stop. <laughs> it means you don't know how to do what you're supposed to do on your own. When you're on academic probation, it means you didn't make the grades that you were supposed to make, which means you didn't study, you didn't apply. There's a whole lot of stuff you didn't do. So they put you on academic probation to do what? To bring your grades up. Uh, you know, when, when the court puts you on probation, it's so that you can behave outside of jail. Because the alternative is they lock you up and they don't know if you're going to do something or not. So they give you an opportunity to prove you can function with supervision. So when we abide, the Bible says that we stay on probation. What does that mean? That means as long as I follow the guidelines, I stay connected. 
then I grow to the point that I am fruit bearing. The idea of uh, academic probation is to get you back in the classes you need to get so you can graduate. The, 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 the process of being on probation in the court system is so that they can teach you how to live as a productive member of society. Amen. So both are designed to keep you growing and being fruitful. Amen. So the Bible says that. We are not to be passive in our abiding. In other words, don't just sit around waiting to die. That's wrong. With, what's wrong with most saints is that they don't do anything. Amen. See, salvation is work. We work it out with fear and trembling. The Bible teaches us that uh, we have to have an active kind of salvation. Our abiding must be activity in our lives. So fruitfulness is the result of the life of Christ being reproduced in a disciple. So that means that uh, the disciples part is the remaining. Do you know how hard it is to stay saved, even though you have the power to stay saved? If you do nothing, listen to me, if you do absolutely nothing, you will not stay saved. <clears throat> There must be, listen, there must be an effort to overcome the resistance of the devil because he's putting pressure on you all the time. And, and it takes more force to overcome what he's doing in your life. OK. Stop. Listen, stop doing anything. Stop going to church. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. Stop giving and see how long you will stay saved. Amen. And I promise you, listen, I promise you, you won't know when you backslid. Hmm? You'll still be quoting scriptures and praising the Lord and having a good time. But you're no longer connected. Here's what the Bible says. It says if you're not connected, listen, and I'm, I'm ahead of myself, but let me just say this because if you're not connected, you dry up. So he says you're not good for building. You're only good for fuel. No, you're not seeing this. You can't. They can't build anything with you because you're all dried up. Huh? So the only thing that you're good for is the fire. There are three things that he tells us about remaining. The first, he says, in John chapter six, John chapter six, he says that we are to. Uh, to accept Jesus as as our savior. Now, some people say, well, I've already done that. No, somebody. Listen, somebody told you you were saved because you said these words. But you have to live saved. You can't just say saved. Amen. <clears throat> Listen, John says this in chapter six, verse 54. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the, at the last day. That's what we did last Sunday. Amen. 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 Now, look at this. He says in verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood 
abides in me and I in him. That's why he says as often as you do this. The second thing he says here is you have to continue or persevere in believing. You can't just believe one time. Mm. Verse uh, uh, 31 of chapter eight of John says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, you have to stay. What does that mean? That means you have to stay through the good times, the bad times. It's not always good times. I know we think it's, it's always, you know, uh, uh, what's that show? You, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's not. <laughs> you have to understand. Listen, uh, the, the best fruit sometimes has worms. So, so you have to understand that, that when, he, when he says that you are, are, are to abide uh, uh, continuously, you have to believe God for everything in your life. You can't just believe him for some stuff occasionally. The third thing he says here is that uh, it also means to be to have loving obedience to each other and to his word. Now, here's a problem for us. We can't obey one another because we, we will not obey God. See, the only way, listen, the only way that you'll ever be able to obey another human being is that you must first learn how to obey God. Why? Because obedience is about submission. And if you're not going to submit to a flesh and blood person, you'll never be able to submit to a spirit God. And obey means not something you got to, to figure out. Obey means that it's already somewhere. Mm. That's right. So here's what he goes on to say. He says in John chapter uh, 15, verses 9 and 10, as the father loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. So th then he says you have to stay the same way you stay with the father. And it's the same way for us. Then he goes on to say in verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments. There it is. That's the obedience. That is the, the loving obedience. As just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, if you love God, you have to love one another. You are all brothers and sisters in Christ, which means that if we love God, we love each other. Now, somebody say, well, pastor, I don't have to, to obey everybody, do I? Well, you don't have to, but sometimes you do have to submit. And, and the two are, even though they are connected, they're not the same thing. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, if any of you have been married, uh, sometimes you have to understand that you submit for the greater good. Amen to brothers in here, right? Because all the women go, yeah, amen. He better submit. <laughs> and where did you find that in the Bible? But men voluntarily submit. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> but here's some bass up in here. <laughs> I allow my wife <laughs> to live the good life. So you you, you want to know where I'm going with that, right? <laughs> 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 so
So whatever she desires, it is my good pleasure to make sure that she has it. And why do I treat her that way? Because the Bible says I have to treat her the same way that Christ treated. Y'all hear that, ladies? I'm looking out for you now. So I clean her up. Make sure that there's no spot or wrinkle. That she's prepared. Amen. See, y'all thought I was just being a male chauvinist, about. <laughs> you like the way I clean that up, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so here's what the here's what the Bible says: A vine cannot survive and produce foliage while. Uh, uh, Excuse me, it can survive and produce foliage for a while after it's severed. Now, that means that uh, just like after a storm, you see limbs on the ground. They stay green for a season. But soon they start to turn, don't they? Uh, so what we find is that uh, even though they can survive for a while, they don't produce any fruit. It has to be connected in order to produce fruit. John chapter six, verse 57 says, as the living father sent me, I have and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. If you are not connected, the Bible says, if you're not connected, you're starving yourself to death. Hmm? I was thinking of the sign I saw in the church that said, uh, seven days without Jesus makes one weak. Okay. I don't know who thought of that, but it sounded pretty good. All right. I got to speed up because I'm running out of time. You're not going to get me this week. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about this uh, uh, dependence upon Jesus. The church, the church, uh, even though it's founded on Jesus Christ, the Bible says that there are two sides to Christ's family. On one side, the Bible calls him the root of, Je uh, uh, the, uh, root of David. And it goes back to the root of Jesse. On the other side, the Bible says that he is the self-existent one. He always was. So what he's saying is that uh, because of this lineage uh, on both sides of his family, that David, who was called the son of David, Jesus was called the son of David, because he was called the son of David, David actually worshipped and submitted to Jesus, who was David's lineage. So even though he came from heaven, he's also sourced from earth, which means that he has the ability to produce both in heaven and on earth. Amen. 
we live here. So we produce here. But the source of our production is there. Because it's the same Jesus. Amen. And we should never forget that. And I think we do sometimes that that we we come from both sides. That's right. So now let me do one more thing here. which is probably the hardest one. And that's very simple. There are some people, and, and I don't know how to say it nicely. I try, I try to find how, how to say everything nicely. How about I just read it? Because I don't have no emotion when I read stuff, right? <laughs> as long as on the vine, the parents stopped imparts life and furnishes a constant circulation of sap that's adapted to the growth and the fruitfulness of the branch. So our righteousness, if we should be separated from Christ, in other words, my righteousness apart from Christ, you know what the Bible says, or if we cease to feel our union with him and our dependence on him, then my righteousness withers and drops off. Are y'all still with me? So dead fruit, uh, 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 obviously, is of no use. Now, here's the problem. Jesus himself will allow us to be separated. Okay, what's he talking about? The unattached branch. People who don't want to be in Christ, people who don't want to abide. The Bible says the unattached branch wants and chooses to be unattached. So God lets it. Now that sounds cold, doesn't it? But that's what the Bible says. I didn't make it up. And Romans chapter one. Verse 28, he says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things that are not fitting. He'll let you make that decision not to be attached. Y'all understand this? So what can you do if you're no longer attached? He says, without me, you can do nothing. Let me tell you some of the nothing you can do. Listen, listen, listen. Without being attached, you can make a living. You can work a job and make money. Without being attached, you can go to school, get an education. Without being attached, you can preach. Pastor a church. Without being attached, you can counsel people. 
You can do everything that a person who's attached can do. The only difference is the authority of Christ is not in it. Listen, for every gift and calling, the devil has one, too, for you. And see, what happens is that people don't have the righteousness and the holiness of God in them when they are unattached. And because there's no righteousness, there's no power there. So when you preach to people unsaved, you preach condemnation. When you make money, the Bible says you bring it home and God blows on it. Huh? Is that what scripture says? Huh? When you listen, when you counsel people, it's the blind. Are you following? So all these things you can still do unattached, but you have to look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Huh? If you are born again, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, living the life of Christ, if you are abiding in Christ continuously, 24-7, doing what God has called you to do, then every now and then you ought to look at your bank account. Huh? Every now and then you ought to survey your, your family. Look at them. Huh? Every now and then, look at your friends. See, the one thing I will never have. Oh, now, I don't know. I'm talking about me now. I'm, ta I'm, I'm talking about me now. I will never have complaining friends. Let me try it on this side of me. <clears throat> I will never have complaining friends because I'm going to leave them alone. Because if you hang around folk like that, you know what you're going to do? You're going to start complaining too. No, there's nothing wrong with my life. Huh? I love my life. And see, that's how you know when you're abiding. I know he's the source of everything I need. And I understand that when I need something, he's going to be right there. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes they say when you pray and God doesn't answer, all he's saying is slow. Take it slow. When I'm praying and he don't give me what I want, he's saying, whoa. Mm -mm. You, you, you can't have that. Uh, sometimes he, he, he'll tell me that I need to do something. Uh, uh, I tell him that I need to do something. He said, no. And then sometimes when I'm praying and I'm having a breakthrough, he said, go. So you have to figure out, is it whoa, slow, no? And I'm done, because... It goes too fast, doesn't it? And I didn't have a chance to tell the story today. All right, so here's the gist of the story. It's that if we abide in Christ, then we have the power 
to increase is producing fruit. This is our season for increase. And what I will tell you on Tuesday is that increase is not just for you, it's for your family. Because I can't increase without my family increasing along with me. We share in the blessing. Amen. The Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. Now, I'm going to leave that alone. Sometimes you just got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. And the reason I said that is because a lot of times we don't understand that uh, we cannot continue to, uh, we cannot continue to be the lifeline for everybody. That's why we keep planting. That's why the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. If I plant seed into my son's life, I expect to get a harvest. Amen. But if I keep planting and planting and planting and planting and just planting and don't anything come back, then I'm a poor farmer. Amen. So I need to start from scratch. Let's plow this thing under. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I used to say, I don't want to be an old person depending on my children. Amen. But that's why I had them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, look, look at y'all, all pious. I would never put that burden on my children. You would. I'm not just talking about natural children. That's why I treat all these children nice. They come to my office, I give them candy, I give them snacks. Because I plan to live a long time. And because I plan to live a long time, I'm going to need somebody to push my wheelchair. <laughs> so, so I'm so, <laughs> look at y'all, I'm sowing. Amen. Oh, come on now. Y'all, get, y'all so morbid. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stand up on your feet. Stand. <laughs> I don't want my children doing nothing for me. I want them to do everything for me. Listen, abiding is maintaining a continuous flow of the anointing. Do you understand what I just said? It's maintaining a continuous flow of the anointing. As the Father gives to the Son, the Son takes care 
of his children. And every blessing that he's prepared for his people in heavenly places. The Bible says that Jesus makes sure that they come to us here in the earth realm. And the way that happens is us abiding in him and him abiding in the father. And it makes a continuous stream. The sap runs from heaven through Christ to us. And then we start to produce. And what we produce is fruit. And here's what we don't understand is that in every piece of fruit, there is what? Seed. There's what? Seed. And that seed allows us to do what? Produce more fruit. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you for that continuous flow of your source, which is God. We thank you, God, that even as that authority and that anointing and that power flows from heaven, it now flows through us, your church. And we are anointed to, ex to do exploits in the kingdom. So God, we thank you that we're empowered to heal this morning, empowered to deliver this morning, and to set free every captive. We release the minds of your people right now, God, to be fruitful and produce. God, we thank you that they have the ability to reproduce your word. And God, and thus increase your church. God, we ask now that you would seal this in them. Allow them to remain attached so that they can grow. And God, we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.